Church, we live under the victory of Jesus Christ. We don't fight for victory, we fight from victory. We embrace the victory of You, Jesus Christ, today. Lord, and I pray for people all over the place right now, Lord God, who may be feeling as though there is no victory in their life. Holy Spirit, will You reveal to them the victory that Jesus Christ has already won? And may they embrace that right now. Oh Lord, we thank You for the victory. We thank You, Lord God, that Lord, there's been nothing that has been able to stop You doing what You want in Your will. And Father, we pray more and more every day that Your will would be done. Thank You, Lord. Holy Spirit, thank You for being present with us all right now. Right through this time of difficulty, You've not left us. In fact, I feel like because our hearts are turned towards You more, it's like you're more available, even though you're always that available. Lord, we love you and we give you glory. And I thank you for your presence. It's wonderful. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. Well, welcome to church, everyone. And uh, isn't it great to worship Him? And team, thank you so much for leading us and uh, leading us into a beautiful time where we get, get to glorify the Lord and everything. It's great. God bless you. Well, I'm excited to share with you a word which I feel is a word of season for us, Strong Nation Church. Um, hey, did you enjoy yesterday? I just wanna just quickly before we get into the word, just to honour the diggers, the Anzac warriors who have in the past and still do defend our freedoms and our rights and, and fight for us. And many have paid the ultimate price and many of them had lives changed forever. But I wanna say thank you for your service, every one of you. And um, what a great day it was. You know, my highlight was uh, seeing all the reports of people out on the driveway, <laughs> celebrating or commemorating um, the, the, the Anzac spirit. And, and uh, I love seeing young children being part of it. And it reminded me of what I actually think what God is doing right now. And uh, I know many people through this hard time of isolation and the pandemic that's worldwide, uh, are having difficulty. And I know some people are financially stretched because loss of employment. I, I'm aware of that. And you're in our prayers, every one of you. But I'm gonna ask church that you would, with me, look at the good things that are happening. Look at the great things that are happening. I'm seeing, I don't think I've seen more families gathered around a fire pit before in my life <laughs> and on social media and spending time together. It's amazing. And you see them celebrating Anzac Day together. I gotta tell you, God could use that together and He will use it to develop great generations. And I'm excited about this time for that reason. Yes, there are difficult times and I'm praying and, and believing God for breakthrough in that. But let's not ignore the great things that we're seeing happening right now. Amen. Well, I'd like to ask you all, how's the fast going? <laughs> Last week I introduced our fast, our 21 day fast, that late last year, I believe the Lord told me this is the time for it. Isn't that ironic? And it's perfect time because we get to go deep because last week I launched our theme, Going Deep. And, uh, and I believe the Lord has asked us to really go deep in our lives. And, and uh, last week I brought the message from Revelation chapter three, where 
Jesus was speaking to the Laodicean church and he said, I'm knocking at the door and I wanna come in so that you can purchase three things off me. He said, I want you to purchase uh, gold refined by fire. And uh, he said, I want you to have that so that you could really, really be pure and be rich. And I believe that's what trials are about, that we refine our lives more and if we keep standing and we keep pressing through and trials are gonna come and go. But God wants us to be able to develop strength in that. And I know for me during this fasting time, one of my prayers is God, this self-inflicted trial that I put myself in on a fast, the trial that the whole world is facing right now, Lord, I wanna come out stronger. I wanna come out more pure. I wanna come out in more rich in the things of God. The second thing he asked us to purchase was white robes that we can be wearing, that we wouldn't be naked or we wouldn't have sin as a problem of our lives. And of course, that doesn't mean my righteousness, that, that white robe, it means the righteousness of Jesus Christ, which this very unrighteous man can actually wear. And during this fasting time, I'm actually practicing putting it on. This white robe of righteousness, forgiveness and, and grace that I get to place on and wear and, and feel it out and, and understanding Jesus' righteousness and Jesus' grace and, and the way Jesus looks at people and feels and loves people. And I'm loving wearing that jacket more and more. And the third thing I preached about last week, and I'm also practising this in my fast too, is not just the gold that he wants us to purchase, not just the robes, but ointment for our eyes that we may see. And I believe that ointment is the anointing of the Holy Spirit, which we get to walk with. We get to hear the word through as we read the Bible. He begins to teach us things and he gets to show us so that we can see what God is up to. And more and more as I fast, and I've, this last week I've been looking to God saying, God, what are you up to? Where, where are you moving? What are you saying right now? And I'm getting great revelation from that in this fast because the anointed eyes that I have as a result of the things that Jesus wanted me to purchase. If you really wanna look at that sermon, you can look at some previous footage of that on the website. But today I wanna to continue looking at going deeper. Matthew chapter seven, verse 21 to 27, Jesus speaking, he says this, "'Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, "'will enter the kingdom of heaven, "'but only the one who does the will of my Father "'who is in heaven.'" Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and in your name perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. Listen to this. Therefore, anyone who hears these words of mine, says Jesus, and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, the wind blew, beat against that house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. Verse 26, but everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain came down, the streams rose and the winds blew and beat against that house and it fell down with a great crash. Wow. Talk about going deep. This scripture is the ultimate going deep scripture, I believe. And I remember when I first thought about this theme, this is a scripture that came to mind. And um, you know, the bottom line is this, anything you wanna build, including a life, you need a solid foundation for it. Otherwise it won't last. 
You need to build and dig down a great foundation so that it can stand. The higher you wanna build, the deeper you need to go in your foundations. In fact, I read an article about the buildings on Manhattan Island in New York. And it's not a perfect uh, sort of ground to actually build big structures on, but yet if you've seen the Manhattan skyline, it is full of skyscrapers, the tallest of tall. What you need to do, what you need to know is this, that every one of those buildings have to go down to 20, up to 26 storeys below ground before they can even get to the car park in foundation because those buildings would not stand. The deeper you go, the higher you can go and they wanna go high. And on Manhattan Island, 26 storeys is a long way to deep. Our lives are the same. Parenting is the same. If you really wanna develop strong kids, you need to give them a good foundation, parents. If you really wanna see a young man grow up to be a young man who, who honours people and, and lives life to the fullest, he can only really do that with a great foundation. And that's what Jesus is saying here. If you really wanna build anything, build it on a good foundation. He's saying that His words, and when you obey His words, that's when you get the good foundation. Strong Nation Church, this is my greatest desire for our church, that we would set up generations with great foundations. As I set up a foundation in my life, a strong foundation, and the higher and the wider I grow in my life and my influence and my stretch, the wider and the taller, the more the kids can after me because I've set a foundation for them. They catch more than, they te than I teach them. They catch it and they, they, they see a foundation being developed in their lives. Can you imagine with me what sort of generations would come after us if we really focused on building really strong foundations according to Jesus' words in our lives? Oh, that's what I want more than anything else for our church. That for the generations that come, if the Lord tarries, He takes time to come back, the more generations that come from us, they get stronger every generation that the Christ in them um, is more active in them than we've ever seen before. And it only happens when we build a strong foundation in our lives. So where do we go and how do we go deep? How do we dig these foundations? Well, I wanna go to another scripture, John chapter eight, and I'll read to you verses 31 and 32. To the Jews who had believed Him, Jesus said, if you hold to my teachings, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Again, John records Jesus saying about the things he's taught again. Um, this is something that you need to grab hold of, he's saying. My teachings, the more you grab hold of my teachings, the freer you'll be. He basically says you will know the truth and that truth is gonna bring you freedom. Freedom is a great thing. And um, yesterday I, start, I thought a lot about freedom. You know, freedom is, um, this incredible thing that people have fought wars over. In fact, I can't think of anything else you'd really wanna fight for than freedom. The thousands and thousands of lives who have given it have given it so that we can live free. The Jewish Christian or the Judeo-Christian principles that Western civilization is founded on, one of the major ones is that all men and women are created equal and all are free. And uh, that's worth fighting for. Freedom is something that every person really should have in their lives. Paul actually says this in Galatians chapter five, verse one. Let me be clear. 
Jesus Christ has set us free. Not partially, but completely and wonderfully free. We must always cherish this truth and stubbornly refuse to go back into the bondage of our past. Peter actually says this, as God loving servants, you should live in complete freedom, but never use your freedom as a cover up for evil. Jesus has set us free. He set us free from sin. He set us free from bondage. He set us free from the law, legalism. He set us free from our own addictions. He set us free from sickness. He set us free from things that would wanna tie us down. Do we understand that? Freedom is a great thing, which I believe uh, every person should live in. The freedom of our society, but also the freedom of being free from sin and condemnation, free from guilt, free from debt, free from things which tie us down. We have all this freedom, but yet I see in society so many people not living in that freedom. Jesus Christ wants you to live free. He wants you to live free from legalism, free from sin, free from debt, free from guilt. And today my heart for you is that you would be free from all that too. Why do so many people not live in it? You know, Jesus actually said this in verse 36. So if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. My heart is that you would be free and free indeed. You wanna walk in that freedom? The next part of that scripture actually makes it very clear. He says, freedom is revealed through the truth. So we have freedom that Jesus brought, but it's revealed from the truth. Truth is such a precious thing. Truth, I love truth. It's incredibly powerful. Winston Churchill said this, the truth cannot be denied. Panic may resent it. Ignorance may deride it. Malice may distort it, but yet there it is. Truth will always be there. Seems that truth can be hidden sometimes though. It can be lost or even forgotten by us in society, especially in the age in which we live. In fact, I think truth is so rare in our age that we really need to seek it out. It needs to be sought. One of the things that frustrates me so much in life today is the thing that's been coined in the last four or so years is fake news. Oh, it makes me angry. This fake news, people can boldly tell a lie and no one checks them on it. And they'll just continue to do that. And again, and again. And it puzzles me how people can believe lies. You know, I, I get bemused in our, our society today that people believe things that aren't true. One of the things that is very controversial, but it puzzles me why people would believe that there's more than just two genders. The truth is there are two genders. <laughs> it reminds me of the joke, like the, the Twin Towers. What do the Twin Towers and genders have in common? There used to be two. Uh, can I just tell you, there's a truth that has been denied by many. There's not one proof that's not true, that there are two genders. So why do we believe that garbage? As a result, we're seeing young people being messed up. We're seeing young people confused. We know there's a truth and there's a truth that there's two. There's male and female. God created them, man and woman. And it's a truth that our society is based on. And it's something that we need to really hold on to a truth, I don't like fake news and I don't like people messing with the truth. You see, the problem is we, we, we start thinking about 
Things like our feelings are more important than the truth, but they're not. Feelings are an enemy sometimes to our truth. Sometimes it's something I don't feel good about, but it's true. I've got to walk in the truth, not in my feelings. I don't want my feelings to dictate to me. You see, if we can set up truth for the next generation, if we can make sure that we're living the truths of God's Word, it gives us a north point in which to travel. It's like having a compass with a north point. But without truth, without truth, if we're just living according to fake news or our feelings, we're travelling along with a compass without any north point. We've got a journey to travel on and the truth is a very, very important part of that. I believe the greatest distraction is our feelings. And church, allow God to show you truth above our feelings. You see, feelings equals what feels good, whereas truth equals what does good. And I wanna do good. I don't wanna just feel good. I was watching a show a few years back called The Project. Many would, would know that show. And it was very interesting. They had a lady who had had something very devastating happen to her. At eight or nine months pregnant, she was hit by a drunk driver, I think it was, or a drugged driver. And um, that baby that was alive within her womb was killed. And um, she was on this show looking for justice because the man who killed that baby was not uh, charged at all with manslaughter or murder. And she is rallying the New South Wales government right now for a thing called Zoe's Law. And Zoe's Law is still not passed. Zoe's Law would say that that baby is alive and it's a human being even though it's within her womb. And I'm going, amen, sister, amen. Until she said one thing, she said, oh, by the way, it should never change the abortion laws because I actually believe in pro-choice. I'm sitting there thinking, what? You see, she's got an, an emotional response to a truth. The truth is that baby was a living human being made in the image of God. But yet, if she feels as though she doesn't wanna have it, feelings can rob us from the truth, people. We've gotta understand the truth. Freedom comes from knowing the truth. Do we understand what truth is? This is where the Word of God is so important. It, it, the Bible actually says it is sharper than any two-edged sword dividing between the spirit and the soul. My belief is that our feelings live within our soul, but the truth of God lives within our spirit. And I believe there's two different things. As we begin to live a, a life led by the spirit, and our soul begins to follow that, our feelings and our emotions follow the Spirit, and our spirit is being led by truth, well, then our life will be strong. But the moment we allow our feelings to live our lives and to lead our lives and our emotions, we don't know where we'll end up. It's like that song, you know, I forget the lyrics to it, happiness is the truth. I'm so happy, happiness is the truth. Happiness is not the truth. Happiness is not the truth. Happiness follows the truth. And the truth is something which I wanna have in my life, not just be happy. Sometimes I'm not happy. Sometimes I shouldn't be happy. Sometimes in sadness is where I find reality. But it's okay because I understand the truth. Oh, as long as I'm happy or I got out of this relationship because I wasn't happy. What's happiness got to do with it? 
What is the truth? What is the truth of the situation? If we don't know the truth, we can actually go, we actually don't know what's right and what's wrong. You see, feelings cloud what's right and what's wrong. Feelings cloud good and bad. It makes everything grey. But when we start looking at the truth, it makes it black or white. It makes it right or wrong. It makes it what I should be doing or what I shouldn't be doing. That is what truth is about. So Jesus said, freedom can be obtained, but this is how it's obtained. It's attained by truth. Truth reveals it. Truth brings that freedom. But then he said this very interesting. He said, if you hold to my teachings, then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. You see, the word know there is very, very important. It's one thing to know of the truth. It's another thing to know it. The word in the Greek there, I can't pronounce it, um, is the word which is similar to when we say, he knew her biblically, if you understand what I mean. You know, special cuddles. To know them intimately, to know them more than just as a friend. And that's what Jesus is saying here. Those who know the truth will find the freedom. They know it intimately. It's actually part of their life. It's not just something in their head. It's within their soul, within their spirit. The truth is in ground within their life. That's what he's talking about. Do you know it? Do you know that truth? It's gotta be part of you. You see, Jesus said, I am the truth. I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. We must know Him. And it's through an intimate relationship with Him and His words, what He has taught, what He says the Kingdom of Heaven is like. When we get to know those things and know Him, then truth begins to dwell within us and that's where freedom is found. Oh, church, it's important to know Him. It's important to hold to His teachings. He said it. Those of you who hold to my teachings, they shall know the truth and the truth will set you free. And he who the Son sets free is free indeed. You know, um, I thought about it. Do you know faith is just knowing without seeing? I started thinking about Abraham. Abraham, what a hero. He started out life as named Abram. His father was named Terah. And uh, Terah was told to go and possess the land. Take your family. The problem with Terah was that he actually got held up in grief. His son had died and he didn't move on from that. So God turns to Abram and says, hey, I want you to leave the place of your home and I want you to go and find this land. So he did. He heard God's voice. He heard the Word of God and he obeyed it. And there's this passage in Scripture that I, I, I love and I didn't fully understand it until I understood this knowing thing. James chapter 2, and Paul actually says it in Romans chapter 4 as well, but we'll go to James chapter 2, verse 23. And the Scripture was fulfilled which says, Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him righteousness and he was called the friend of God. Wow. Now, if you read about the life of Abraham, he stuffed up, he did wrong things, he made mistakes, he was fallible, <coughs> excuse me. But yet, he's considered righteous. 
<laughs> simply because he believed or simply because he had faith. He knew without seeing. I think about Abraham just for a moment, or Abram. Started out life named Abram and his wife was Sarai. And then God spoke to him and gave him a truth saying, you'll be the father of many nations. You're not gonna be Abram anymore. You're now Abraham. Sarah's not gonna, Sarai's not gonna be Sarai anymore. She's gonna be Sarah, the mother of not just a nation, but many nations. And it's interesting, that was their name change. And I thought about it. God spoke to Abraham about that. I'm wondering how many times someone came up to him and said, hey, Abraham, how are you going? He goes, no, nah, it's Abraham. Why? Why? Because God spoke to me and I know what He says is true. That's truth. How many times did he contemplate the stars in the sky and think, wow, that's how many descendants I'm going to have when he couldn't even have one child? Not naturally. Kicked the sand, looked at the grains of sand and said, boy, I'm going to have a lot of descendants. Wow, I'm Abraham. I'm wondering how many times he had to speak out, I am Abraham. Oh, Abram, how you going? No, it's Abraham. Hey, Sarah, how you No, 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 her name's Sarah. They grabbed hold of the truth. And as a result, generations came from them. Generations, Isaac, Jacob, Israel, the whole tribes of Israel. And ultimately, if you look at what Paul says, the church were children of Abraham because he believed. And he was a friend of God because he believed. He was righteous because he believed. And to have faith to believe is just knowing without seeing. Church, what has God spoken over your life? I'll tell you now, He's spoken favour over your life. Last week I mentioned that I believe, I look at my family and I just see favour. I know there's favour on my life and I've done nothing to deserve that. Incredible favour. And I love to speak about it because I will continue to speak about it and I will continue to profess favour over my family, but I wanna profess favour over your family. Do you understand that you are favoured of God? Do you understand that your generations have the blessing of the Lord over them and will do great things for the kingdom? Why don't you keep speaking it? Hey, Abram, no, my name's Abraham. Oh, your kids are all lost. No, they're not. They've got generations in them and they're gonna serve the kingdom. Oh, your kids, well, they're all over the shop. No, they're not. They're favoured of God. And begin to speak life over them and to begin to confess the truths that you know. And I tell you now, that's where freedom is. As God speaks to you, as you're praying for your children and your children's children and your children's children's children, as you're praying for them, listen to what He's saying and begin to confess them. I know that I'm a result of someone in my generations before me that spoke over me. Someone did. I know my parents did. I know my grandparents did, but I'm sure people before them did. It could have been one of the thousand generations before me, but someone did. Someone grabbed hold of the truth and embraced the truth and made it theirs. And those that know the truth, will, they'll be set free. Wow. I live in incredible freedom. I'm incredibly blessed. But I don't think it's any of my doing. I think about the generations church that are coming after us. Can we speak the truth into them? Can we profess it all the time? Seek the favour of God over them. 
I'll keep announcing it all the time. Church, you are favoured. Strong Nation Church, you have a particular favour of God over you. It's about the generations. Yesterday, being Anzac Day, I actually uh, contemplated a lot about my grandfather who served out of Darwin and Cairns up into the South Pacific area, hostile waters. And um, I had a regret that I hadn't sat down and spoke with him more about it. I wish I'd had sat down and got to know more about what he felt. I didn't have the maturity to do that. I just was a kid and he taught me a lot about astronomy. He was right into looking at the stars, stargazing, he taught me that. But I wish I'd had the nous or the thought to sit down and say, I wanna know the truth about this. He's long gone now, he died 21 years ago. He's a great man. I don't wanna live in that regret anymore and I wanna encourage you. Take the moment, stop and say, I wanna find the truth. And I wanna tell you, you'll find it in his word. You'll find it in the, as, at this time of fasting. If you just take the time out and just begin to read his word, listen to the Holy Spirit as he guides and directs you in the truth. And I'll tell you now, as you take on what Christ is teaching you as a truth and you begin to confess it and you begin to speak it over your generations, you'll see them walk in freedom like never before. You'll build a house upon the rock and it doesn't matter which virus comes along. I don't think this is gonna be the last issue that our world's gonna have to deal with. You won't be rocked. Your generations won't be rocked. Your children's children's children will stand strong all because you took the time out to find the truth, to build a foundation. And those who know the truth, the truth will set you free. Church, I love you so much. Pray a blessing over your life. Let me pray now. Father God, I, I thank You for Your love and Your accessibility that You've made it Yourself so accessible to us that we just have to open our mind to that moment for You to be able to speak to us, open our heart to receive something from You. Lord, over this next coming week, I pray, Lord, that we would all just take that moment. Would You help us to do this? And as we take that moment to open our hearts, open our minds, Lord, would You speak truth, powerful truth into our lives? In Jesus' Name I pray. Bless this church. I speak favour over our church. I speak favour over their generations. Every child, even the ones that aren't born or even thought of yet. Your blessing. We love you so much, Lord. In Jesus' Name I pray. Amen. Come on, Naomi. God bless you.